Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here on the Greatest Games Podcast, a chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest games. As always, it can be their time as a high school coach, a college coach, a JV coach, an AAU coach, a third grade coach, just coaching some kids down at the park, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest game. You know, Chris, all we do, again, is just make history. And I think if, if you, uh, you, you being the history buff, please correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is our first Division II basketball coach. Is that correct? Well, well, yeah, I oh, guess oh, we had cool. Ryan Hilburn on. Uh, that's right. We did. Yep, that's right. But current Division current, two yes. basketball coach. Okay. All right. We, and we can always edit this part out, which, of course, we don't edit <laughs> anything out because we just do uh, – we just, we just go straight live here. But we're going to the bustling metropolis. You know, we, we were in the bustling metropolis of Hartsville, South Carolina, and now we're going to the state of Tennessee to Harrogate, Tennessee. Am I saying that right? Harrogate, Tennessee? Yes, sir. Going, yeah, so we have the, the wonderful Jay Reed from Lincoln Memorial University Division II in Harrogate, Tennessee. Welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, Coach. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, uh, I'm super pumped about it. Jay Reed, of course, for those who don't know, is a Lexington, South Carolina native, played for the great Bailey Harris, who we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Jay listened to the episode and reached out to us. And he also wanted to get some revenge on Coach Rosefield, I heard. That's, that's right. What I heard. That's right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stir the pot there, Chris. And knowing that Jay's dad coached Bailey Harris in high school. So it's just a it's a Lexington love fest here, state championships <laughs> all around the board here. So again, welcome into the show, Jay. Appreciate it, guys. So it's just called the Bailey Harris podcast. Is that it? We can do that. We can spin that <laughs> off. That's, I have no well, problem with that. Coach, uh, Coach Harris stole two of my things, uh, which is part of the reason why, you know, I, I retweeted and reached out to you guys. Um, you know, I, I, we hadn't ever talked about philosophies coaching that much, uh, but I guess just being around him so much, family, friend, we were going vacations all the time as, as families, uh, you know, to the beach, to, uh, to the Edisto River, whatever the case may be. Uh, but, uh, you know, we would, we would always talk about basketball and guys growing up and just becoming better human beings. And, you know, it was funny. He stole one of my books that I love, uh, the, the Teammates Matter book uh, about the former walk-on. Being a former student manager myself, uh, you know, that one hit home to me. Uh, you know, I was always excited when you know, Coach Young would open, the, open up the drawer underneath his desk uh, at Wofford and, and hand me, whether it was an oversized T-shirt, smaller T-shirt, which told me I needed to get in the gym, or, uh, or just a <laughs> pair of socks. You know, I was, I was super excited. Well, that's know, good. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Mike, Mike Young is one of my all-time favorites. He had the coach, Coach Kevin Giltner, on uh, a week or two ago mm -hmm. and uh, obviously has jumped on with him at, at Virginia Tech. Super excited for the future of, of Hokey basketball with Coach Young up there. He's just a first-class guy. Oh, I know. I was, I, was, I was super pumped when that, all that happened. I was, I was actually, uh, you know, cheering on louder uh, than anybody else probably in the country. When, when they were playing in the NCAA tournament, I was actually – I was on a recruiting trip in between All-Star games, and I told the event coordinator, I was like, hey, look, Wofford plays this afternoon at 4 o'clock. I will not be in the gym starting at 3.59 because <laughs> I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to watch history. They, that was when they played Kentucky in the second yeah. round. Um, but I literally – I drove from the gym, 
stopped at uh, a sports bar on the side of the road and you know, sat outside on the patio and watched it on the big screen uh, in North Carolina, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, of all places. Uh, far away from Harrogate, Tennessee, I was watching the North Carolina, South Carolina All-Star game uh, that happens every year. So that was that was pretty cool. So game ended, and unfortunately they lost. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they had the all-time three-point uh, make leader, uh, Fletcher McGee, who is just outstanding to watch his career uh, unfold at, at Wofford. I remember when he came in as a freshman, and uh, I was like, man, this guy, he just does not care how big the stage is. He's going to shoot it. And a bad shot for everybody else in the world was a good shot for him. Uh, and as a, as, a young, as a young coach, uh, that was uh, something that kind of twisted, twisted uh, my brain up a little bit um, because, you know, I was always like, hey, you got to shoot like Ray Allen, be square, hips, feet, shoulders, everything square to the basket. Fletcher would catch it with his back to the basket, turn around and knock it down from, you know, 30, 35 feet, kind of like <laughs> Steph Curry. And you were like, whoa, who is this kid? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. That's, uh, that's awesome that you just, the way you watch that game. But coach, why don't you take us through uh, your resume as a coach and how you got to uh, the sprawling metropolis of Harrogate, Tennessee? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it starts, starts way back when. I know you guys mentioned, uh, you know, my dad was uh, Bailey Harris's uh, high school coach uh, in, the, in the big town of, of Clinton, South Carolina. And, uh, you know, that, that just, they stayed friends forever, um, you know, through the PC connection. My dad coached women's at PC for a little while as an assistant coach. And, you know, Bailey was on the men's side. And, um, you know, they, they stayed connected for a while. Um, you know, and I think it was, I think the story is like my, my mom and, and uh, everybody was like the de facto team mom uh, whenever he was a coach at Coastal Carolina for that year. So it was pretty funny. You know, it kind of goes back to then. Um, but they got together. Uh, we, were, we were living in Greer, South Carolina. And, you know, it was kind of like, hey, how cool would it be to keep the family connection as in terms of like, you know, you coached me, I get to coach your son and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, everybody, everybody's dad coached everybody's kid growing up. So that was, you know, four years at Lexington High School, um, had a rock solid basketball foundation from day one, you know, with, with Bailey as a, as a head coach, played for some unbelievable coaches. Um, you know, I was around Brett Jones for a long time, uh, Ben Lee, who's now the River Bluff coach. Uh, you know, all those guys, Devin Lifridge, um, that is now, uh, was at White Knoll up at, up at Greer now. Uh, so small world. Um, but, uh, but all those guys were, were coaches back in the day teaching us, you know, everything, you know, all those great players that came through, um, you know, Zach Rich, Thomas Ryan, all those guys. Uh, I got, a, I was made a recruiting call the other day to Zach Rich and, uh, you know, we were bringing up stories about, you know, pick up an open gym. Probably, I don't even know when from 2000 and, you know, four, 2005. Um, you know, it just creates that, that connection, that family. You know, Duke has the brotherhood. Uh, Lexington basketball is just like that. And I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because of him. Um, so that's helped me a lot of, out in my career. Um, but uh, but I, I made an awesome college decision in, in going to, to Wofford College uh, to be a student assistant and manager uh, for Coach Young. Um, you know, he knew I wanted to get into the coaching business. And he, he took me under his wing from day one and said, you know, I want you to help with practice. You're going to help with, you know, guard forward breakdowns. You're not going to be the guy who just does the laundry. You're going to hang out in the office with us. Uh, as a freshman, one of my jobs was to uh, put, you know, I never used a computer system before called Fast Draw. Uh, I had to put the entire playbook, which if, if you guys know Coach Young's offense, uh, back at Wofford back then, uh, it was about 735 plays. And so I had to uh, go through all of his hand drawing scrim- scribbles and, 
put that into a computer system. So obviously from day one, you know, he was like, Hey, I'm going to put, put this kid to work. Um, you know, and I, I had some unbelievable coaches while I was there, Mark Prosser, um, the son of, of, uh, of Skip Prosser, uh, who's now the head coach of Western Carolina. Absolutely love him. Paul Harrison, who's an assistant coach at, at Bucknell now, um, you know, all those guys uh, took me under their wing and said, Hey, look, this is, this is how we want to play on offense. This is the type of kids we want to recruit. Uh, this is how you handle a, a, a visit, a campus tour you know, all the above. And, uh, and one of the coolest things was I think they knew from day one was, you know, I, I could talk to any recruit from any type of background uh, and I could become instant friends with them. And I could, I could show them around Wofford, uh, tell them who they needed to, to talk to about, you know, whether it's the nightlife, whether it's the student life, um, you know, Greek life, whatever the case may be, I could introduce them to them on their visit. And they had, they left with no questions asked. And I think that was, that was pretty cool from, from day one, I got to hang out with those recruits. And I was like, you know, this is definitely what I want to do. I want to coach college basketball. I want to help guys who sometimes are first generation college, college kids, you know, and their family um, grow up. Their, their dream is to, to, to get out of, uh, out of the struggle and go to college. And, um, you know, it, it, hit, it hit home when I was an actual coach. Uh, you know, those guys, you know, they were crying walking across the stage. And uh, still to this day, you know, we, we've got a guy uh, who turned down a pro, uh, pro contract this past year. Um, to uh, to be around his three year old son, and so you know he's he's coming back to be in grad school because he knows there's a greater picture than say hey I want to go play pro overseas, and uh, I need I need that master's education uh, so I can provide for my son in the future. So you know that that's what we're you know what I really you know took even from uh, even from Wofford was hey you know there's relationships in this business that mean a lot more than winning games. Obviously winning games is really fun. Uh, won two championships at Wofford. Uh, they had never won before. I uh, didn't know, like, I was going to a winning program. Um, they had lost, uh, I think the year before was maybe 500, lost in the first round of the conference tournament. And uh, we just had two unbelievable seniors that that year uh, in Junior Salters and Corey, Corey Godzinski. And, uh, you know, we were led by an unbelievable crew in, uh, of juniors and Noah Dahlman, Jamar Diggs, and Cameron Rundles. Um, unbelievable players. Noah Dahlman was, was an All-American, um, you know, and he was the all-time leading scorer. Uh, never made a three-pointer, believe it or not. He was a six-five post player who, you know, the old adage is you couldn't jump over a phone book. Um, I really don't think Noah could, uh, but he was so such a smart basketball player, and you know, I use that still to this day. I still use some of his moves. I call it the Dolman move, uh, you, you know, in, in practice, and uh, other people call it the Mikhail. I call it the Dolman because, hey, you know, that's what I saw for for my first two years of college, but. Um, you know, had an unbelievable run with, with Coach Young uh, for four years. Made postseason basketball for three of them. Uh, played in the, I think it was the CIT uh, one year. Um, lost to Pittsburgh in the first round. Um, played in the NCAA tournament two years. Lost on a game-winning shot to, to Bo Ryan's team. Uh, John Lord hit one from, mm-hmm. as we all know, from the left 15-foot when our guy helped when he shouldn't have helped. Uh, and, uh, it was funny because, uh, at the beginning of this year, I, I saw Bo Ryan at the small college basketball invitational, which we played at. And, you know, I kind of walked up to him and was like, Hey, I know you have no idea who I am. Uh, but you know, I was, I was with Mike Young and, you know, th- I remember this game and he said exactly the same thing. He knew who had the ball. He knew where he was on the court and he knew exactly the shot. And I was like, I was like, man, like coaches, basketball minds work unbelievable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I graduated in, in May of uh, 2013 and had a college coaching job in August of 2013 at a small Division II school, uh, 
called Davis and Elkins uh, up in Elkins, West Virginia. Um, you think you think Harrogate's small? This is a little bit bigger, uh, but you know nobody you had ever. Really go, of, you really go to big places because your next <laughs> place isn't that big either. I do, I do. Uh, we uh, we we have more stoplights than Harrogate, um, but uh, but I, I like the facilities and everything we have here at uh, at Lincoln Memorial a whole lot better. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so spent, spent two seasons at, at Davis and Elkins and, uh, you know, there was, there was some change in the athletic department. It was just kind of uneasy at the time. And, uh, I said, you know, I want to, I want to go somewhere where, where it's stable. Um, you know, and unfortunately it was, it was in September and there's not a lot of basketball coaching jobs open in September. Um, so, you know, I, I actually coached for free for a year, uh, with my best friend since, since middle school, Corey Hendren. Uh, at USC Salkahatchee, which is a junior college down in Walterboro, South Carolina. Uh, you know, so again, a, a, a booming metropolis uh, <laughs> that I chose to go to. Um, the coolest thing about Walterboro, I think, was at the time our gym was used to film radio. Uh, so that was like what, you know, our our school was known for. <laughs> um, but, uh, but man, did, did, we, did we bring in some guys and develop them and turn them into Division One basketball players? And that's what junior college was all about giving those guys a shot at development and, uh, and a shot at uh, achieving a scholarship. And it wasn't really funded. There were no dorms. Uh, there was no, no cafeteria, no nothing. Um, so, you know, guys really had to, you know, really, really fight, fight through it. Um, as our guys would say this past year, they, they got it out of the mud. I don't a hundred percent know exactly what that <laughs> means, but our players say that all the time. So I'm trying to be hip and I'll, I'll say that too. Um, but uh, I was there for one short year. Uh, Coach Dave Davis uh, saw me on the recruiting tra trail pretty much everywhere I went uh, when he was at Newberry. Um, and, and you guys as basketball coaches, I played pack line or coached pack line man-to-man, -man, uh, zone defense. I had never, ever pressed full court for 40 minutes. And that is exactly what I walked into with a job at Newberry College. It was fast-paced. It was yell at the top of your, your lungs. <laughs> Um, you know, get guys to run faster than they could is what he always said. <laughs> You've got to run faster than you can. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we, we were successful there. Obviously, he's been super successful in his career. Uh, and, you know, we, I, I recruited back-to-back -back freshman of the years in, in the sack and Marshall Lang and Max Miller. Uh, one was a point guard and one was a 6'8 center. Um, so, you know, we, we, we were really good at Newberry. We, we pushed the pace, uh, kind of like a college version of the Houston Rockets. Uh, we, I don't think we would have ever folded, uh, quite like they did in the bubble the other day to, to my <laughs> guy LeBron. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was four, a lot of times five guards and, and you shoot threes. We actually led the country, uh, in division one and division two and made threes a game, uh, at like 14 and a half, uh, both years that I was there. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, never had coached it. And I had to learn all the rotations and we were even trapping in the half court. So guys are flying around, um, you know, just causing, uh, you know, tons and tons of turnovers. Um, and I think the, the coolest moment from there was and, and I, I made a highlight clip um, of it and it's on YouTube, but it's pretty cool of, uh, of Frank Martin. You know, we, we opened my first game ever at Newberry was playing against the Carolina Gamecocks. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from South Carolina, so I can say Carolina Gamecocks, right? Like, is that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. That is totally allowed. And that's actually <laughs> more than allowed. That's correct. But go ahead, coach. Correct. Okay, cool. Nobody cool. in the other 49 states knows what you're talking about when you say Carolina, but you guys still, <laughs> you guys still hold on to it. 
<laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. So we, we played South Carolina uh, the first the first game. That was actually Sendarius uh, and them's year that they made it to the Final Four, which is really cool. Um, but uh, but I think we, we were down or down single digits at halftime. And, um, you know, we ended up losing. I think it was about like 17 or something. Uh, but, you know, we caused them into tons and tons of turnovers. Um, you know, Frank benched uh, P.J. Dozier, who's obviously, you know, playing in game seven, uh, coming up here in the bubble yeah. pretty soon. Um, you know, Sendarius, the, the best player out there was Dwayne Notice, um, which was unbelievable. I think he hit more threes in that game than he did the rest of the season. Um, but uh, but he was he was pretty darn good that night. And, uh, and you know, it was fun because, you know, Frank Martin afterwards said, uh, you know, these guys were playing harder than us, you know, and I didn't like that. And, you know, we took pride in that. And, you know, we were saying, hey, look, the guy who's one of the hardest college coaches to play for in the country because of the effort he demands is saying that our guys are playing harder. And so we had to give our guys a little pat on the bat. But um, but that, that was pretty cool. That was probably one of the highlights of, of, of Newberry. Um, but, yeah, now after two years there, uh, Coach Josh Schertz uh, gave me a call one night and said, hey, uh, would, would you like to, to make the, the trek up to Harrogate? and uh, move four and a half hours away from home uh, and, and come up to the, to the big city of Harrogate, Tennessee, and, and win a lot of basketball games. And I said, for sure. Um, you know, and, and Coach Certs obviously has a resume to, to, to make you, you know, pack your car tomorrow and, and move. And, and win a lot of games you guys have. And, <laughs> Coach, I, I, we've had a lot of answers on this podcast. That is by far the best answer to that question about tell us your resume. There's so much information that you shared there. So I want to go back to the, the statement that Coach Martin said about you guys at Newberry playing harder. You, you are evidence of playing harder, coaching harder, starting from your time as a player, now going into mm-hmm. Walford as a student manager, Davidson Elkins, you, you name it. So my question to you is, where does that come from for you? Is that something that's born and bred in the Lexington water? We talked about that earlier in the show. But what is it about you that has you just constantly answering the bell saying, yes, I'll go here. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll, I'll entertain recruits, whatever it is. Well, what is that about you that has you doing that? You know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I've always had a big heart. I've always said that, hey, I want to impact change where, where others aren't willing to. Um, you know, I, one of the biggest passions for me is working with, with children with, with special needs. I do that all the time with my church back home. Uh, still do uh, Special Olympics and everything, you know, when, whenever I can. Uh, and, and I think that's a big passion. So I, th- I think reaching out and trying to give people chances. Um, but, uh, you know, as in terms of a basketball and, and, I, and, you know, my dad will probably listen to this and be like, you know, what are you talking about? But I always I, I grew up playing for my dad you know, as, as, a, as a coach, and I was always known as a coach's son. And so I think I always wanted to prove uh, everybody that I belonged. Um, you know, I, I remember the chance in high school, like, you only made the team because of who your dad is, or, you know, did daddy tell you to put you in the game, or this or that, and, you know, it just kind of added a little bit of fuel to the fire. I kind of had that chip on my shoulder, um, you know, and I, I've always wanted to, to kind of blaze my own path. Um, I tell recruits, you know, my dad is coach Reed. I will never live up to coach Reed. I'm coach Jay. You know, it's, it's, it's somewhat informal. Um, but you know, I want to be known as coach Jay. Like that's me. I'm not coach Reed. If it is, I'm, you know, I'm the third, so I can't really say junior because he's junior, but you know, I'm, I'm not the second, you know, I, I want to be my own individual coach. Um, you know, I want to break, you know, like I said, blaze my own path. 
I want to write my own story. Um, you know, I don't want to be his son. I want to do that. And so, you know, for me, it's going places like West Virginia. It's going places like USC Saugahatchee and getting guys to understand that it's all a process. You know, the work that you put in today is going to help you four, five, six years down the line. Um, you know, we, we talk about it with our guys. Uh, we have a motto. It, it's, it was pound the rock. Now it's Kaizen, which is a, a Japanese uh, proverb, um, which means uh, commitment to continual improvement, no matter what it is. Um, it's actually a, a Japanese business kind of like model. Uh, you know, we, we've stolen it from, from some other programs. But, you know, if, if we go out and, and win a game by 30, 35, you know, is come back in the next day and figure out what we did wrong so we can go out and win by 40 the next day. And, you know, I think, I think that, uh, that was part of the reason why we were so successful this year um, because we had guys buy into that. Um, our whole entire coaching staff here, excuse me, thinks, thinks like that. Um, you know, there's, there's very few times. I'm, I'm an early riser. Uh, there's very few times that, uh, that I'm the first or the last in the office here. Uh, when I was at Newberry, we were always the first in the office because we had like, you know, tons and tons of 6 a.m.s. Uh, but, uh, so I couldn't say we were the first, but I, I think, you know, that's what has made me successful is like, I always want to prove people wrong. I always want to prove people that I'm, I'm better than you think I am. Um, you know, when, when we were at Newberry, coach Davis always wanted guys, uh, who would, who would fight him, who wanted something to prove. He said, if I tell you, you're not good enough for a scholarship, I want you to come across the table and grab my shirt and act like you're going to beat me up. And, you know, he was like, I think that's why we work well together because you have that same exact attitude. Coach, you have given tremendous answers tonight. You are the Seth Greenberg of this podcast. All we need to do is say <laughs> hello and just let you go. Um, so we want to get right into this greatest game. Okay. You, you gave us a little information about it. It's early November. Are you at Lenore Ryan? Are you up in uh, North Carolina? Uh, home, we're home in okay, Newberry, so home in, Newberry. Uh, in, the, in the big gym of Eliezer Arena. All right. Nobody was going to the opera house that night. Everyone was coming to the basketball game. For sure. And uh, I want you to bring us into the gym that night, late November, probably just before Thanksgiving. Kids want to get home. But you guys had a game to win. Tell us how you pulled that game out. Mm -hmm. We did. So uh, so just, just a little background, um, you know, we – the, the year before, the last time we had played Lenore Ryan, uh, we erased a 22-point deficit to win in overtime. Um, so that was right around it. Uh, you know, that was, that was close for the greatest game. Uh, I told, I told my, my current boss today that I really like my job, and I have an NDA. I have a non-disclosure agreement of really my, my technical game was, uh, was, was beating him here. Uh, you know, and, um, but we, we don't, we don't talk about that very often. <laughs> um, smart, but, uh, smart. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a 92% win percentage. Um, might be 93 if it wasn't for me, but you know, um, but That's he, the clickbait uh, there, but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so he, um, so was, we, we were at, at Lenore Ryan and, and it was a crazy game where, uh, our, our five, I'll, I'll call him five, seven point guard, grabbed a, a rebound off of a missed free throw, came down and scored the buzzer to end overtime um, or to, to force overtime and we won in overtime. So, you know, LR is always a close game with us. Um, this year it was, you know, one of those, it was first conference game of the year. Uh, it's, it's one of the best basketball leagues in, I think the country, if not the best uh, is, is the South Atlantic conference. Um, 
that year in particular, uh, Queens and LMU were one and two pretty much the entire season. We played the number one team in the country three times that wow. year. I was at Newberry. Um, so we loved this win against Lenore Ryan because um, we, we, we had to fight for them all. But we um, – so it was one of those games. We had a couple Colombian natives in it, uh, R.J. Gunn, Xavier Hill. Uh, R.J. plays for Lenore Ryan. Um, Xavier Hill, uh, you know, played, played for us at Newberry. But we, uh, we were going back and forth pretty much the whole game. Uh, one of our better players had missed a ton of shots in, in James' step. Um, but uh, but it, was, it was a back and forth, knockdown, drag out. Neither team could really hit shots or get traction. Um, as you know, we averaged right around 100 points a game, and, and we we finished with uh, set, you know 77. Um, but but there was there was a lot of physical play, as sometimes the referees aren't the best, um, you know, in the sack. Uh, but uh, but they uh, they weren't calling a lot of fouls, and Coach Davis is is very uh, um, he he's got a lot of energy on the sideline. Let me <laughs> let me say that. Um, <laughs> And and he's uh, he he's he's very loud and he's redheaded. He's got a lot of fire to him. And so you know he's he's going after the officials. And uh, you know it was funny because I, I and I think it was a rookie official that that basically teed him up twice just really quickly. Um, you can watch the replay. I know he wanted the first one. And I I jump up. I, I was the get back guy. I jumped up super quick and got him. <laughs> And I had him turned around, and uh, and and I'm a bigger guy, so like I can I can grab coaches, you know. And so I, I grabbed him, and I had him turned around, and and that guy kept walking towards him, and just kind of gave him a second technical. And you know, at the time, uh, as as any you know, two mile and horn a little bit, as any good assistant would, I tried to argue that the second technical was on me, so he could stay in the game. Oh, uh, but that didn't quite work out well enough. Crafty. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no, you know, no assistant's supposed to be on the floor. I stepped foot on the floor, <laughs> you know. I said something, you know, along these ways. Um, but they ended up, you know, uh, ejecting him and um, you know, with a double technical. And after the free throws, we were actually down eleven. Um, so after the ejection, it was sixty-four seventy-five with three oh nine left. Um, and we we hadn't really pressed that that game, which 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 we always did. We were kind of playing a little gimmicky half court trap defense. Um, but, uh, but so, you know, another, another crafty move, I, I tried to get a media timeout cause I didn't want to waste my timeouts. Um, you know, as, as I guess the de facto head coach, uh, they, they didn't give it to me cause our, our SID at the time was like, no, you guys have already had it. And I was like, so much for home court advantage, right? Shut up, idiot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can't help me out here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so year two, you know, I felt confident. I've been around these guys for a long time, uh, you know, at Newberry now ran workouts, knew, knew the, the press and trap system in and out. And I said, Hey, look, let's turn up the tempo on, um, you know, and, and our very first play, uh, you know, they inbounded the ball and, and our, our senior at the time, James Stepp, um, who I think was like, like one for six at the time from three, uh, stole the ball at half court, took two dribbles and shot it from the volleyball line. And of course, I'm thinking like, what, as the ball is going up, you know, it's one of those, what are you doing? Oh, great, great shot, great shot, you know, because it's like nothing but net. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was funny because we hopped right back into the press. And their guy ran the baseline and, you know, we have the hanging goals or we had the hanging goals at Newberry that came from the ceiling. And, you know, I don't know if he wasn't paying attention or not, or got flustered with the press. He took two steps to the left and threw it right off the backboard. 
And <laughs> then, of course, it was out of bounds. <laughs> so turnover. So we had essentially had two, forced two turnovers in, you know, 10 seconds maybe. Um, you know, and, and we scored and uh, it, it went back and forth. Needless to say, we got, we got tons and tons of stops. We were uh, on an 11-0 and run. Um, we had a couple great what we, what we called like dribble drives. Um, you know, where it was drive, touch, paint, kick, drive, touch, paint, kick. And uh, one of our guys, Marshall Lang, who, who had struggled and, um, you know, I, I had him in the game to knock down big shots. He was usually always the one to, to go to, uh, you know, in, in, in crunch time. And he, he hit a big three to tie the game uh, with, with a few seconds left. I, I, I can pull it up, um, but uh, they had uh, – let's see where it, where it is. Um, they uh, – <laughs> believe it or not – uh, the officials, I think, helped us out in the end. Um, so they inbounded the ball with uh, with 20 seconds left, and it's a tie ball game. We go down, and I had a, I fought my best defensive unit uh, on, on the on the court. Um, you know, I'm here. I am. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm jumping up and down on the sideline, and uh, you know, a shot goes up, and we we didn't switch like we were supposed to. So we were a little late on the contest. Didn't get a great contest. And the ball goes in and out, and our guys are are battling for the rebound. And as the as the buzzer blows, here comes that one official with his hand up, calling an over the back foul, like with zero seconds left. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm talking about like NBA bubble conspiracy. Giannis fouls Jimmy Butler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that type of deal. Type of deal. Um, and it was funny because when you look back on it, the guy who shot the free throws is not the guy who got fouled. Um, so if we, if we look at it, one of the guys who got fouled was, uh, was Sikander Nielsen, actually. Um, but James Stepp stepped up, and uh, he, was, he was 0 for 2 from the foul line. At that point in time, he was 2 for 10 from the field, 2 for 8 from 3, and 0 for 2 from the foul line. So not a great night. I had no idea at the moment in time he was trying to – uh, scam the officials on saying like I got fouled. Um, I just knew he was a really good free throw shooter, and I wanted him to go to the line. <laughs> um, and uh, he stepped up there and calmly knocked down both. And uh, they they put one second on the clock. And uh, you know I used my last timeout. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't want to call a timeout, but I, I I called timeout afterwards. Put my big six eight guy on the ball and said just just give it give it you know. All you've got, jump up and down, do jumping jacks, get a deflection, whatever it is. And, uh, and Lenore Ryan threw the ball, and uh, game was over. Game was over. Our players were hugging people. People were coming out of the stands, uh, you know, hugging everybody, congratulating me. I think Coach Davis was watching from the, the window upstairs, um, so I hope the SAC commissioner is not listening. Uh, so we have to go back and forfeit that. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we, we ended up on a 13-0 run in the last 309 of the game. Um, you know, and didn't, didn't let LR score. But, uh, but I think the, the craziest moment was is, so growing up for my dad, my mom was always at the game and my dad was coaching. There was always one or both parents at a game. Um, you know, this was a game where neither of them were. Uh, so, of course, my phone's blowing up after the game and my mom's texting me in the group message like, where is Coach Davis? Like, where is, what happened to Coach Davis? Because <laughs> – at Newberry, there, there, was no, there was no live announcers on the live stream. It's only the radio. So you kind of have to pick whichever one you listen to. And, you know, she was like, what, what's going on? Like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, the greatest game ever, uh, you know, my, 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 neither of my parents were there. So we only have a few pictures, you know, from that night. Or otherwise, if you guys know my parents, 
they would uh, they would be blowing up uh, the the camera phone, uh, you know, with, uh, with with pictures. But yeah, so that was that was the greatest game ever. So that's you know a, a crazy hectic uh, you know barn burner. Um, you know, I, I had tons and tons to to choose from. I think that was that was kind of it. Um, kind of a a selfish moment because you know I had to step up to the plate and I can say I did. Um, you know, I was I was one and one that year. I won that game, uh, and I actually had to be the head coach for the entire game uh, up here against Coach Shirts uh, when we played him. Um, and because uh, we had several guys out with the flu, Coach Davis had the flu that game, and uh, you know I was I was head coach, and Coach Shirts walked out and was like, "Where's Coach Davis?" I was like, "Just please take it easy on us." <laughs> um, at that moment in time, they had three All Americans on the team. Uh, Manuel Terry, who's a 2018 Player of the Year, uh, who played uh, in the NBA two seasons ago with the Miami Heat and uh, and Phoenix Suns, and so he had a field day on us as five little guards. Um, but uh, but that was pretty fun to try to come up with a game plan to stop those guys. <laughs> Coach, I'm struck. You know, four straight free throws after a double technical. Uh -huh. You step in. You've got the confidence, obviously, to step in there and take the helm. Y'all's kids, like I, I've, I've been around kids a long time, uh, for them to not just throw in the towel and say, man, we're down, you know, down 11 now, down 13, whatever we are, and, and to come back and just skunk Lenore Ryan those last three minutes and some change, just, I mean, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Like, just talk more about your guys. That's, that's an incredible group, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, 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 they didn't achieve, I think, what they could have. Um, we had several injuries that year. Um, you know, we had some several, you know, bad luck games, uh, on the reverse end of that. Uh, I would say that was a good luck game. Um, but you know, it was, it was tough because they were, they were so, such great kids. They have great character. Um, all of them are successful in what they're doing now. Uh, one of them actually, uh, DJ Copeland's a coach at, uh, assistant at Lugoff Elgin with Brendan Marcel now. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're coach, they were coaches on the floor. They knew exactly what, what was going on. Um, you know, I had one of the toughest kids I'd ever coached, uh, in Kwame Burton, uh, from, from Richmond VA. He, uh, he was out there, you know, going ballistic. Um, but if you told him to run through the wall behind me, um, he would, he would darn near try to, uh, several times, probably until he hit his head one, one too many times. Um, but, uh, he, he always, he always gave it his all after the games and couldn't move the next day. Uh, even if he was 0 for 10, he, you know, he was like, coach, I want to be a point guard coach. I want to be the big, I just want to go out there and play because, you know, basketball, basketball was his life at that moment in time. So, you know, he, he, he always gave it his all, but we had, we had a lot of guys that were like that. So like what you said, you know, it's an incredible group of guys. You know, I, I always say like, Hey, look, coaches, coaches lose games, players win, win games. Um, you know, our only loss this year, you know, was on us as a coaching staff. Uh, where we shouldn't have fouled uh, or where we should have fouled at the end of the game. Uh, you know, our, our one loss this year at, at LMU, um, you know, was the West Texas at the end where, where we didn't foul and they hit a three to force overtime. Um, so, you know, co coaches, you know, lose the game. So, you know, those, those guys ha had it all, you know, they, they, they won it, you know, not, not really me. So that was their greatest game. Uh, my most fun game to watch. I guess you could say that. <laughs> their greatest game. You just got pictures afterwards. That's for all. sure. For sure. Brian, I'm not even going to make any joke about a team that only lost one game this season. I'm okay, good. Perfect. Jokes. Perfect. I'm, uh, I'll tell, we'll tell you off air, coach. Um, <laughs> Deal. <laughs>
All right, we like to end on a fun question here, and, and I, I have a feeling you're a guy with a lot of them. If I asked a player that played for you at, at Salkahatchee or Davis and Elkins, and I asked a player that played for you this year at LMU, what would be the, the one thing they say that Coach Reed says all the time? Oh, man. Um, the, the coaching answer is uh, you, you've got to box out. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the that's the I know, I know. The answer. <laughs> um, so I'm so I, I'm the guy who's barking personnel the entire game. Um, I always say I'm very loud, so if you can't hear me, then you are choosing not to listen. Um, so I was also worried uh before they canceled the NCAA tournament this year that we were going to play in front of no fans, and I was really going to be loud. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was kind of worried because you, you could hear me in a gym anyways, but man, the, the one thing that I always say, um, I, I guess, I guess it's, it's going to be something as in terms of either you all right, or Hey, get the next one, you know, some type of way. Um, I always want to let the guys know when they mess up, but I don't want to be the person who points at points it out the first time. Um, so whether it's them being hard on themselves and they walk in here and be like, Hey, you all right. You know, or Hey, like get the next play, you know, when he comes by or, you know, if it's a timeout and he comes over and gets some water, Hey, go get the next play, go make the next play. Don't worry about that. You know, let it go. Um, you know, I, I think that would be it. Um, because guys know when I get mad at them that they have actually really messed up probably because it's like the third or fourth time that they've done it. Um, but yeah, I would I would have to say one of those. Not, nothing really nothing really funny, I would say. <laughs> nothing really funny. I, I did not I did not pick up on any of Coach Young's uh sayings uh <laughs> back back from uh, back from my Whopper days. Well, I tell you, I know there's there's plenty of them to, to choose from up there with, with Coach Young, but uh sure. Coach Reed, I, I tell you what, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've always thought the world of you as a coach and as a person, but can't thank you enough for, for giving up your time to, to come on the show. You'll help a lot of people, and this is, it has been super entertaining. So thanks for coming on the show tonight. Sure. Glad, glad, glad I could answer some questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you, you answered plenty of them, and we'll just have to have you back here and answer some more here sometime soon. But we'll go ahead and uh, button up this episode. For my co-host, Chris de Blasio, I am Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest Games.